Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the COB from Ausbiz. I'm Gemma Acton and joined by both Nadine Blaney and Scotty this Friday afternoon. It's been a while since all three of us have yeah. been here together. Welcome back, Nadine. Thanks, Gemma. <laughs> Good to see you. It's undeniably my favourite part of the week. It's a Friday, <laughs> first of all. And you, you know what's around the corner of the month. Yeah. <laughs> Finishing up till, till Monday. And um, big week, not just in terms of markets still moving on vaccine news, Uh, but also a lot of data out this week. Maybe that's where we start by uh, talking about the wave of data: wages, jobless rate, retail today. On the whole, surprising on the upside. Maybe not wages. Yeah, wages is going to be a bit of a glum story for uh, for a long time to come, given the level of slack in the uh, the economy. But yeah, it's um, it's pleasing to see what's going on with the labour market. Uh, I think the V shape is well and truly on there. That's despite what's been happening in Victoria uh, up until recently, and uh, and more recently what's happening in South Australia. But things are looking pretty good on that front. Uh, and then you put in the retail sales figures, very strong, uh, continuing after a couple of uh, months of weakness that was once again led by Victoria. But uh, all things equal, uh, Australia's come out of this pandemic in far better shape than a lot of other developed economies. That's for sure. So maybe RBA Governor Philip Lowe, when he was speaking at that seat event early in the week, was right to sound really bullish and optimistic and. You know, he had that sort of tone that he was trying to build confidence in the Australian economy and recovery, and certainly wants businesses to start investing and hiring. So, you know, we we were told at the beginning of this pandemic that it could be the type of pullback that snapped back, and it seems as if the recovery is, you know, living up to expectations. But we do have that that bizarre dichotomy again, because at the same time that the RBA is leaning towards their optimistic case. We still remember that they're talking about the possibility of negative rates if the rest of the world moves into it, which inevitably they'll have to do due to the exchange rate. But look at look at overseas. You know, the coronavirus situation worsening, political standoff in the U.S. And to what extent do we get dragged into that mire as well, despite the fact we're operating so well within our own borders? Add China and and the flare up in China tensions as well to that this week. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know about you girls, but uh, that to me is the biggest. Underrated, underpriced risk at the moment. Yeah. That China could go nuclear and just go. We're going to really go and hit you hard. Uh, now, I'm not saying that's going to take place, but uh, certainly you can see where the risk is. But the forceful nature that uh, the Communist Party was coming out with earlier this week yeah. suggests that things are not all right there. At least from what I'm seeing at uh, and looking at. Well, I, I think it's it's not just risk. I feel it's vulnerability, isn't it? Well, I, I just don't really understand why we've got ourselves into this position where we're completely at their mercy, it's dangerous. Like, I understand that we, we want to sell out there, the biggest buyer, but when we have so little power over the relationship, which has become very clear in the last few months, how little uh, control we have over, over what they want to do, why we've allowed um, ourselves to be so exposed. If you're a company, you would never allow yourself to have key customer risk like that. 
Hmm. And, and for, a, for a country, it seems equally illogical. Yeah, look, we need to diversify as a country. And uh, look, I think every smart company right out there and uh, an individual for that matter, we're looking to go and diversify and make sure that you know, the ASEAN region, uh, to me, is a, is a fantastic you know, example. RCEP. That was the new acronym that we learned how <laughs> right. to say properly this week, RCEP. So. Yeah, so that, to me, uh, that is where the opportunity lies and to go and uh, spread that out. Because in time, like, you just don't know what the, uh, what the Communist Party is going to look like. And uh, certainly the power seems to be concentrating with G at the moment. Uh, not, not a fantastic uh, look, I'm going to say, from a longer term perspective. But no, there's so much more opportunity. We're talking about hundreds of millions of people who, much like those in China, are, are becoming wealthier. You know, educational standards are improving. So you can see where the opportunity lies. That's where Australia should Indonesia, be Indonesia, Vietnam. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting conversation to continue and follow with many of our guests because there are plenty of investment opportunities mm. and expansion opportunities into those economies and uh, then I mean India not part of our set but could be down the road and India is another one that offers plenty of opportunity had a few conversations about that this week oh you think about I uh, know Australia's weren't truly really an Asian country now and you think about South uh, South Asian, the number of uh, Indian uh, Australians who particularly know in places like Victoria, parts of, uh, of Sydney as well. You think about that in the future and the generations coming through. We're going to have such close cultural ties to India. Uh, if we don't get excited about that opportunity, we never will. And given that they're so uh, forward thinking on healthcare, it's one of their buzz sectors, which is just going to become one of the most uh, important parts of the world going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, we're aging, uh, there are more illnesses we're trying to get a handle on. So seeing how they help and get involved through this vaccine as well, which is obviously the most pressing healthcare global issue facing us right now, uh, you know, really fantastic opportunity for India to step up. Let's talk about retail very briefly. As we mentioned, bumper retail figures out this morning. Uh, surprising economists catching them really off guard, um, blowing their expectations out of the water. Now, one company which has benefited from the spending power of Australians this year, while they've all been stuck at home, not able to go out or spend money on going travelling, is Redbubble, which is incidentally our stock of the day. Let's tune in and hear what Jinbei Lu from Tribeca had to say about it. I like Redbubble, um, although it is towards that speculative end, um, yeah. simply because um, you know it's expensive and it, it's been growing really fast, and it, it's absolutely a um, you know the COVID sort of beneficiary, given people buying masks and doing a lot of e-commerce mm. related things. Uh, but I like it because the company is um, uh, has done very well in terms of broadening out their product range, because that was previously was too narrow. Um, they make a very good margin out of all the product they do, and the company is actually trading on the free cash flow yield of. Four mm. percent. Uh, this is very rare wow. for a lot of those, um, you know, tech sort of uh, space. So it's actually cash generative. It's good business. So I like it as a speculative as well, mm. just because it has had that really nice pullback. It hit some highs. It's mm. now come back four dollars eighty-five. It jumped today on the announcement uh, of that new CEO. Um, it, it looks interesting, and really, um, most of the sectors that are contributing to the growth have grown over a hundred percent year on year. Now, despite face masks slightly pulling back over July and uh, through to September, yeah. because they obviously went hard and now sort of coming back a little bit, uh, their margins are fantastic. You've got to remember there's a little bit of currency in there because they do a bit of uh, international stuff as well. So something to watch yeah. around that currency side of things. But overall, the platform is growing and they've got to manage costs. I think that's the biggest risk is managing costs. And that was Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners. So both June Bay and Adam giving a big tick to Redbubble. Does that surprise you, Scotty? Uh, look, it's had a very, very, very big run this year. Uh, so maybe look, you know, 
maybe it's uh, no further upside ahead, but uh, certainly we talk about uh, no change of behaviours. Of course, I think you've got to go and say that partly it's going to go and uh, play out over the years ahead. There'll be more online e-commerce and the like. But I still think when it comes to a lot of the things that are sold online then, they're very replicatable uh, in the real world uh, in bricks and mortar stores. And there's a lot of competition out there as well. It's, it's quite an easy company to replicate in my opinion so well look, I, don't know. They're, 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 I don't know about that because the, the the things that they're selling on there are sort of for makers they're they're personalized they're but what's the, smaller well i'm not saying there's anything to stop anyone else i'm just counter saying. argument that yep. there there isn't a demand for that right now and if mm -hmm. it's a well-run com company because there are no borders when it comes to e-commerce it does have it has a a lot of blue sky ahead of it and it's got a new ceo good pedigree coming from seek uh, that's replacing the interim CEO who was brought in to, you know, reinvigorate and transform the company. Yes, he had a lot of uh, timing. You know, you'd rather have a lucky CEO than an mm. unlucky CEO, right? <laughs> so if they can, yeah, we will see. It'll be an interesting story to yeah. follow. I know that's a fan favorite of a lot of guests that we have I just, here. On I just looked at the price action. I, I follow the price action very closely to get a gauge as to what's going on. And when the little bit of hurt came on for the, uh, the growth of tech sectors uh, a couple of weeks ago, it got absolutely slammed. And that told me that there's a lot of heat that's been put into this stock in the short term. Maybe that's so. And shall we talk quickly before we finish up today about the US? Because I feel that usually we spend a lot of time talking about the US and somehow we've managed to get through this far without, without mentioning it. I know. I mentioned it today on air because they had that recount coming through in Georgia, which just reinforced, it reinforced the first count, which mm. was that Biden won. Gemma, when is the US President Donald Trump going to... Concede. Well, what I was interested to see this morning was that Biden's legal team is considering actually challenging Trump on this now, the fact that he's not transitioning. And I actually got into a bit of a debate with someone about this yesterday on, on, a, on the ABC radio, actually. And um, he was saying, look, it doesn't really matter that the transition hasn't happened because George W. Bush, that was a 37-day handover given the delays with the the voting issues they had back in 2000. But they weren't in the middle of a pandemic then. Yeah. New cases overnight was... 170,000. I mean, these numbers are absolutely staggering. It actually gave me a chill. Absolutely. I mean, more than 11 million Americans have now succumbed to COVID. So I think time is very much of the essence uh, when it comes to this, and not to mention getting a fiscal stimulus bill across. So I, I think it would be a very good thing if Biden's legal team does, does actually um, stand up and, and do something. Look, I think it goes a little far, but I did see somebody tweeting out yesterday um, the definition of crimes against humanity, because for every day that Donald Trump and his administration as well stands in the way obstructionists. They are literally killing people. They are, it is costing people their lives. And so, yeah, when does, when does somebody, some, something happen to really draw the line in the sand? And I posed the question this week to a guest that we had from the United States Study Center. You know, when do international leaders start to weigh in on this as well and start to take a firmer line and start to take a position Who would that. do that though? Who, who do you think would stand up and do that? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's, it's not going to be China, obviously. And then not going to be China. Does anybody else have the heft? I guess it's the EU. But, but this guest was, oh, his name escapes me right now, apologies, but he was saying, you know, why wouldn't um, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison um, yeah. put his voice out there. I mean, there's a lot at risk, but not if there's going to be uh, no. US President Biden. On the whole, it doesn't feel, from what I can remember, Scott Morrison has ever been particularly brave when it comes to standing out and, and take, making a stand about many things, particularly on, on the foreign stage. 
preferring to just sort of stand mm -hmm. back and say it's not really our problem. He is in quarantine after traveling to Japan, first world leader, to meet the new <laughs> Japanese <laughs> prime minister. And yeah, it was interesting as well, I guess, just bringing the conversation back to China, just to hear a lot of the commentary and, and rhetoric about the increasing, um, you know, I guess, togetherness, closeness that uh, will come through in the Australia-Japan relationship as a result of all of this you know, coming from China and lots of guests today. Robert Swift from Delft Partners this morning. Lots of people talking about Japan as an investment mm. destination now as well. Mm. Anyways, a little yeah. side note there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what thoughts are you going to leave us with, Scotty, before we close up for, for today? No, I was just listening to the conversation. I, I, I speak so often and I uh, have so many different opinions. It's actually nice to go listen to other people's retreats. So I wish I had Gemma's skill, you know. She somehow keeps you under control. Yeah, so it's, uh, no, it's uh, just interesting. Back on the US, I think. Look, I think Trump's irrelevant now. Like I know, I know that it's not, but I know from a, a broader macro perspective, Trump is irrelevant now. Um, you can go and tweet it away and everything else. What it comes down to is Congress has got a responsibility now to go and get something done from the fiscal side of things. And let's be honest, there's a whole bunch of state authorities out there as well. Go and provide the fiscal support. The state authorities can take over. In uh, I know two months' time, we'll have a new president. It's, uh, it's, it's a pretty simple equation for me. The, all the noise around what's going on at the moment, uh, I think, can be pretty quickly eradicated with some pretty simple measures. It just takes you know, yeah, the Democrats and the Democrats and the Republicans to come together, and yeah. that's the challenge. It's Good not, it's, we'll it's not easy, but that's uh, that's just, that's the yeah, night does not always follow day when you're yeah. talking about bipartisanship in the U.S. right now. And the gap right now between the Democrats and Republicans on that bill, uh, half a trillion versus two trillion, which is just monumental, four times is a. Uh, is uh, one that seems quite hard to bridge in the near time, but hopefully the criticality of the situation will become more apparent well, uh, as these 170,000 new cases a day. In, in time, if they, don't, if they don't get it done in time, then uh, it's going to be on them and uh, we'll know who the people will be responsible for not getting it done. Uh, so hopefully that will be remembered when people come to the uh, ballot box in the future. <laughs> a positive thought for the day? Yep. To finish off? It's Friday. Go and enjoy your weekend. <laughs> South uh, Australian only cases. Yeah, South, <laughs> South Australia is going to wind back the uh, the restrictions as well. So that's yeah, fantastic that news. So too. go out and enjoy your uh, your weekend, and we'll catch you bright and early on Monday. And watch the last call. It'll be online shortly. Thanks, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.